This is Bill Jackson speaking. Hello, everybody. Welcome now to Sportsline. Gary Dornberg with you. I'm Tony Rixby, WPTF News. Hello, this is Charles Carroll, CBS News, WPTF in Raleigh. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome back to Carolina Newsmakers. I'm Don Curtis. Hello, friends. This is Bill Friday, WPTF in Raleigh. I'm Rufus Adbiston on the Weekend Gardener. Now, here is your moderator, Tom Campbell. Thanks for watching this week's NC Spin. Now, here is Kay Kaiser. Hi, y'all. Well, that's good. This is Aunt Devine. This is Robert St. John in the NBC Newsroom in New York. The Monitor Edition of News of the World. Debnam views the news. And now, here is Mr. Debnam. Good afternoon, everyone. Yours truly, Sam Beard. And Jim Reed. And Carl Gert. Thank you, Sam. And greetings to all of our listeners. This is Harry Presley, WPTF in Raleigh, North Carolina. Wayne Ed is standing by now with a check of the latest news. WPTF News presents Regional Report, a digest of late happenings throughout the area. This is Bill Ellis. This is Jimmy Capps. For the nocturne, we send as... This is Bill Hope. This is Warren Barfield with Kingdom Scott at the organ and a program of Familiar Carol. Good morning, this is Phil Franklin. And this is J.C. Knowles with the North Carolina Collection on WPTF. I'm Mike Blackman, WPTF News. Good evening, I'm David Sherrill. This is Robert Hager, WPTF News. This is Bob Farrington. Good morning, everybody. Charlie Gaddy here with Ask Your Neighbor. Mario Dale here. Fess Parker, our guest this morning here at News Talk 680. Well, Jack Boston, that was a great introduction. Hey, everyone, great to have you with us this this is North Carolina's Morning News. I'm Brian Freeman on WPTF. Hello, I'm your friend Bart Rittner. Good afternoon. Welcome back to the Bob Butler Show. And this is Ned Champion reporting. And here is Carl Venters. WPTF is the voice that shares with its neighbors what it's like to be living the life of Raw. This is Charles Osgood wishing Mike Rayleigh and Ann Clapp congratulations on the anniversary of WPTF's Weekend Gardener Program. This is Donna Mason on 680 WPTF. And I'm Dick Stork in the WPTF. Record vault. Good morning to you. Tom Kearney here. Johnny Hood on the Southern Farm Network. Well, howdy, everybody. I'm Hap Hanson. I'm Marlon Bowling reporting. I'm Ann Clapp. And this is a Tar Heel Gardener saying, keep them growing. Now, the WPTF Weekend Gardener with Mike, Ann, and Rufus. We're back on WPTF. Hour number three. I don't know where those two, first two hours went. <laughs> I mean, it just seems like Shut we away. just came in out of the cold and... And sat down, but uh, we've had a good time this morning, I think. I have had a great time. Yeah, yeah. Like You're glad I called. I didn't call Phil until yesterday. Now, Mark's known about it for months, <laughs> but uh, Phil, I just called Phil yesterday. Do you want to come over here? Because <laughs> yeah. I've been, well, I've been worried about you because you've been yeah. sick. Yeah. yeah, and she's so much <laughs> better. I mean, yeah. doing good. it was scary. I'm doing good. That's right. Well, I had the flu. But I tell you, yeah, and you, we're gonna what we're gonna do? We're gonna run up and down the stairs a while. We need you need some exercise. You say you're not, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's so tough. We'll, 
We're going to run some stairs. She get your breath back. Did y'all do that in... in uh, oh, yeah. Absolutely. In, in up and down, up and down. Ranger, and down. What, what was the hardest training you had, Colonel? Well, I'll tell you, the toughest... Well, I, I, it's a lot about a mental challenge. Not only the physical... The Ranger School is supposedly the, the, the toughest physical school that you attend. Yeah. Um, the Special Forces is, is probably the most mental. Yeah. But um, I can remember uh, on my birthday thinking, you know, sludging through the 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 swamps in florida and uh, carrying the uh, m60 machine gun and, and just thinking how you know how, this is just sucked yeah, <laughs> I, I, mean, I, I just right. i can't imagine that uh, yeah. and you know having you, you you're wading through the swamps and then you come to a river and have to do a river crossing oh my god the m60 machine gun how much does that weigh it's probably probably about 48 40 pounds 40 yeah. 50 pounds mm-hmm. it's pretty heavy yeah yeah, uh, you don't want to mess up Uncle Sam's machine gun, do you? Yeah, that's, it's it's a heavy. It's a, they call it the pig. So you didn't you didn't do a Green Beret training? No, 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 no. I did did not. Okay, did you weren't not. psychological yeah. enough. For that. That's right. Yeah. I didn't have enough mental capacity. <laughs> oh my yeah. goodness! Yeah, but it, it was good. It yeah. was good. Well, thank you for your service and uh, a lot of service you gave to this nation. Yeah. So uh, we. You said that uh, you've got some plants over there that we were interested in. The Fragrant Princess Dwarf Tea Olive Osmanthus, which is two to three feet, supposedly, and is prolific in its bloom. Um, Yes, and Lane says it actually does have a lot of blooms. Good for Um, Lane. You were skeptical. No, I just, sometimes when they put pictures. I know. (laughs) Everybody has to put on the, don't you kind of fix up when you have your picture taken? Yeah. Okay. Okay, of course you do. <clears throat> so anyway, we open back up on Monday, um, this Monday at 10 o'clock. We do have some of the uh, Fragrant Princess, Osmanthus, and we have five Japanese apricots. Uh, okay, that, so for for Jeannie, uh, yes. Campbell Road does have some. some Prunus Mume. Prunus mume, yeah, we do. <laughs> which is which is a wonderful plant, and they are blooming. I, I guess even I don't know about after this cold weather, but near the Methodist Church there in that park, <clears throat> in um, off of Chatham Street in and so forth in Cary, <laughs> uh, that they they do have them. By the way, the uh, I always enjoy. I, I get a lot of comments. I've had a lot of comments over the years about that uh, montage of voices that uh, we play at 10 o'clock that actually started with a show that uh, Tom Kearney and Rigsby and I did in for the 65th anniversary. And I made that as a as an open to the show. And I've added a lot of vo- voices to it over the years. But this week was so special because uh, this is the 100th anniversary this year. It's actually late September, early October for uh, WPTF, 100 years. And Lord. <clears throat> I, we you know, a, lot of, a lot of those voices, a lot of those people are gone. But uh, we were fortunate enough to, uh, this week, we yesterday, as a matter of fact, we interviewed Reese Edwards. It's the first voice you hear on there, who uh, came to work here in 1964. And so he worked with some of the, the superstars of this place. And Spent most of his years at NC State in, in uh, the communications uh, department. He was uh, he worked with a lot of people over there. He was a voice for, for a lot of uh, you know, the ag department and all of that. But uh, he, you you've heard his voice all over the place, because he did uh, 
play-by-play. He filled <clears> in play-by-play of the Wolfpack Network after Bill Jackson died. And he's done ECU and, and Duke and all of that. But he's just a wonderful guy, and he sounds like PTF to me. And uh, so we interviewed him yesterday for that, and he, he came up here. Uh, earlier in the week, we talked to Charlie Gaddy on Tuesday. And uh, Charlie wasn't up here, but uh, we, uh, we had him on the phone for, uh, I don't know, 35, 40 minutes. And Carl Venters, who – was the president of Durham Life Broadcasting in 1972. He took took um, Mr. Mason's place, who uh, Mr. Mason had been here for 30 years. So he'd been here since, I guess, Durham Life bought the place in the 30s. And he retired in 72, and so did Graham Pointer, the, the famous program director from here. But Mr. Venters started uh, uh, WQDR. It was the first album rock formatted station in the country. It was a new concept, that, that format. And he, he did so many things that were innovative. He started WPTF-TV and, uh, and just a lot of things. He, he, he reshaped WPTF for the future. And uh, he's both Charlie and Mr. Venters are about 90, 91 years old and um, doing okay. <clears throat> but uh, gosh, well, what magnificent people! Are, are they both in the Hall of Fame, Broadcasters Hall of Fame? Uh, I know uh, Charlie, Charlie, and and Mr. Venters are, and Mr. Venters, uh, both of them have gotten about every award that you can you can get. And yeah. uh, Reese, Reese was, I don't know, he's probably gotten a bunch of awards too. But he he was in charge of the uh, Sports Hall of Fame for many years. Oh wow! So he and that's a hard just, one to get just in. Under just un. Unbelievable, talented yeah. gentlemen. So we were so fortunate to be able to talk to them. I wish we, you know, we talked to Mari about six weeks, Mario Dill, about six weeks before he passed away. Uh, we were so glad to be able to interview him. I wish there were so, so many of those guys I think about every day who I work with and who taught me so much. I wish uh, that we could have. Uh, if, yeah, that if, was if, uh, that was a wonderful. But their voices interview. are still here. Wonderful interview because I know that, that that particular day, we cut out a, a half an hour early. Yeah. For that interview. That was different. That that was that was uh, so I could get to Mari's funeral, and that was Correct. actually a half hour. The last uh, Tar Heel Gardener. In, 19, in January of 1985. Oh, the yes. Next week, the next yes. week, uh, the Weekend yes. Gardener started. But the reason we played that was because Mari and Gary Dornberg, uh, who were the morning show hosts, hosted that show. It was the first time the Tar Heel Gardener had ever been a half hour, and it was the last show. And uh, so it was it was magnificent. It was Mari and Gary at their best, and John Harris at his best. So mm-hmm. that's that's why we did that. <clears throat> yeah. Essentially, so I could so we could have a good way of of me leaving early, so I could get to Maury's funeral. Oh, well, you heard from Joe the bouncer. He sends a picture of the Daphne. Oh, he still got and, that Daphne on. His sorry, mind. he says sorry. This isn't a scratch and sniff picture. <laughs> it is absolutely gorgeous. Oh, so his, oh, wow. so gorgeous. his is blooming. Oh yes. Mine's, oh wow. Look at no, are any yes. of yours blooming, Before. Rufus? No, they're they're Mine's still not open. Before. His must have a little bit more sun. Yep. He. Yeah, he must. 
Mine are back in the shade. They need a little more suns, right? Yeah. But I, they're doing fine. Mine gets mine gets sun, but it hasn't started blooming yet. I've, I walked by this morning and sort of gave them a two fingers up, but didn't, didn't look at them. Okay. Didn't talk to them. <laughs> okay. Well, maybe maybe they'd like to be talked to. Have you thought about that? Maybe they're cold. Uh, uh, yeah, they'll croak. <laughs> they're friendly. They'll, they'll croak in six months. <laughs> I don't know. Hey, Jason, is this right? He's in Hawaii? Or is Paul, is Paul in Hawaii? Or is that uh, Hawaii, North Carolina? Uh, Paul, uh, <laughs> Paul, where are you? I'll just ask you. <laughs> hey, good morning, Mike. Good morning, yeah. Rufus. Yes, yeah, sir. Uh, no, I'm actually uh, on the big island of Hawaii. Oh, my goodness. How about yeah. that? That's a nice, clear yeah. signal. Um, technology is amazing. So what, uh, are you there for vacation? Um, uh, I'm over here volunteering at this golf tournament. Oh, oh yeah, that's, that's right. right. You told us you were going to do that. Oh, three weeks ago. Yeah. Wow. Wonderful. Right. Thank you for calling us. I bet you had some Kona coffee. Well, dead gum, it's pretty early in the morning yeah. over there, isn't it? It's about 2 o'clock. <laughs> well, you've been up. You've been up. You've been partying or something, Paul? No, no. I just woke up and I I was thinking about calling y'all. So I, I, you know, I did the same thing when That's I went great. over there with a bunch of Weekend Gardener listeners. I got up at three o'clock and and called. Mm. Yeah, which was a familiar time for me, but you know, not in Hawaii. I was all messed up. Yeah, me too. So <laughs> you don't you don't even sound sleepy, Paul. Well, thank you. Yeah. Uh, Are you sleepy? Well, I mean, we're. It, it's all that cone of coffee. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Ah. Yeah. Well, so how's the weather over there right now? Um, well, it's beautiful down at the ocean where the golf thing is. It was very hot and very windy yesterday. Mm. Um, but up here, I'm at about 1,300 feet, right where they grow coffee. Uh, oh, yeah. In, right in that zone. Right. So, oh, that's it, high. High elevation. Yeah. Mm hmm. It's beautiful. So, uh, what what's happening with uh, the big volcano there on the island? Is that they're very quiet right now? Okay, that's good. And yesterday, it was so clear that from the golf course, you could actually see um, the volcano on Maui, and you could <coughs> wow, the uh, you could you could see the observatories. Um, on good the gracious, that and is clear. Uh, one of my walking scores that I was walking around with said that, that was very very rare. So, yeah, I bet so. Yeah, it's uh, January is nice in Hawaii. It oh, really is you. nice. Yeah. Well, so. I don't want to take up a lot of your time. I just wanted to kind of touch base and say hi. <laughs> what well. uh, have you have you seen a lot of uh, bougainvillea growing uh, on telephone poles and every place else, and a lot of beautiful plants? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the place where I'm staying, this little compound, there's just fruits and things growing everywhere. Oh, my goodness. I know you can walk out and pick a banana. You, you, well, we don't eat bananas, but you walk out and pick mangoes and mm -hmm. avocados. Wow. Well, maybe you can find a tangerine for us over there. Yeah, we, <laughs> we can't find tangerines anyplace. Good gracious. So, uh, yeah. I am so honored that you you took the time to, to call great. us from, from the big island of Hawaii, Paul. That uh, Well, you know, I like you guys a lot. Well, we appreciate it. When I've tried to follow, they go back to sleep. <laughs> you're you're not thinking about uh, staying over there, are you? Pulling up stakes and, and living in Hawaii? No, sir. Okay. <laughs> it's a little expensive, I can tell you that. Yeah. yeah. It's a beautiful place. 
Yeah. Well, Paul, uh, wake up, as the three students used to say, wake up and go to sleep. <laughs> you can you you have my permission to use that in court sometime, Rufus. If you wake up, and go to sleep. Paul, thank you. Take care, guys. Bye. Thank you so much. Wow, ain't that cool? As I like used, as I said, I used to, I used to be indecisive. But now I'm not sure. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, head to Rocky Mount, uh, Lewis. Lewis, how's everything in the movie industry? Aloha. Yeah. Aloha. <laughs> That's a definite maybe. Um, yeah, it's going good. As a matter of fact, um, you know, I've been working on this documentary for so long about Miss America, the P-51 Mustang. And you may have heard that uh, the latest Miss America, Madison Marsh, from the great state of Colorado, is a Air Force fighter pilot. Right. Two years old. Yeah. Yeah. How about that? So we uh, are trying to wangle an interview with her right now. She's doing a lot of publicity, and maybe we should get get an interview with her. I'm sure she would be uh, uh, adept to her namesake, Miss America, in that was one of the greatest fighter planes in U.S. history. Absolutely. She uh, flies. Uh, she's straight out of the Air Force Academy, and now she's going to Harvard. Jeez. But she yeah, Madison is. Marsh is Jeez. Miss America now, and she is a fighter pilot. Mm. Wow. If I could be that smart just mm. for one day. <laughs> just one day. No. I could see the light. <laughs> I just wanted to chime in, too, about, uh, you know, Carl Venters, and by the way, uh, congratulations on a hundred years of broadcasting WPTF. That is amazing. It is, and I I missed a few just a few months of being hired. Um, I, I I've been here forty nine years, so I, I missed just a missed it by just a few months of uh, being hired fifty years ago instead of forty nine years ago. Wow! Yeah, so. yeah, you're amazing too. I don't know how you've done it. Um, I don't, I don't either. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. I've, I've, uh, it's a crazy business. It really is. Yeah, and it's nonstop. And it's it is nonstop. And you know, the weather doesn't matter. As a matter of fact, you were talking about Carl Venters. I had the pleasure of working with Carl down when he uh, established Ocean Broadcasting in Wilmington in the mid-'90s. Yeah. And he hired me as news director for WMFDAM in Rock 104.5. I didn't know that, Lewis. Good oh, gracious. Yeah. Well, he is—he's you know, just the smartest guy. Yeah, he's retired down at Wrightsville on Airlie Road, um, and um, he made his uh, home there once he got down there. But you know, when he first came in, you know, I was the news director, and that summer, first summer, he had established those stations. That station, Rock One Hundred Four Point Five. He kept MFD from going dark. MFD had been on the air since 1935, and it was about to go dark. Is that 9800 9, AM? That's 6.30 AM. Oh, 6.30 AM. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I got we you. make friends daily. And right. He actually erected three new towers for, for MFD and mm. kept them on the air, and they're still on the air now as an ESPN sports outlet. But that summer... Four hurricanes rolled through Wilmington, an early storm, Berkeley mm. in July. Yeah. Then Fran, Dennis, Bonnie, and Floyd. And we covered them all. I mean, we were up to our knees in the parking lot with water, but Carl would personally come in 
and go on air with us during the, that coverage of mm-hmm. those storms. So yeah. my hat's off to him. He is he is a fabulous uh, he really is icon. Yeah, he he uh, close friends with uh, Charles Carroll. They went to school at the same time, and Woody Durham. So uh, and they they were all instrumental in uh, the early development of uh, UNC Television. So and uh, ironically, uh, C. D. Chesley. Uh, and and the ACC network and uh, all the, you know the basketball uh, games that CD Chesley did. Mr. Venner's was was involved with that. He was a real pioneer. And, uh, and I it, wanted to ask you too about your promo that you've got on the air, where you refer to uh, the life of the life of Raleigh. Is that something he did? It was a uh, it was something that and I don't I don't remember, but it was it was something in this. Uh, late seventies, I think. And it, it was some kind of campaign that we had going on, uh, probably, uh, f- for the station, just a station deal. I don't know. He, he was, he was so inventive. We, we had a lot of things, a lot of things going on like that, and but he that was a dulcet tone of voice. I know. Too, I know. You know? Well, he, uh, he used to fill in for Bart Rittner once in a while, uh, early on when I was uh, the board operator and producer of, of open line and it would scare me to death for Mr. Venters. He was not a mean person. He he was uh, you know he was a retired marine marine major and uh, he just he just demanded respect. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know he he's uh, hold, hold on, Lewis. We got to take a break. You okay, know about the breaks. Let's get back to the WPTF Weekend Gardener with Mike, Ann, and Rufus. All right, we're back on WPTF. Mike Rayley here along with Rufus Edmonston and Phil Campbell and uh, Mark Bumgardner of the Extension Service in Orange County. And Lewis, uh, my, my old buddy from uh, Nashville who uh, lives in Rocky Mountain now, movie maker, uh, is uh, is with us and used to work for Carl Venters. I don't remember what, what we what were we talking. We were talking about Mr. Venters and and uh, what a trooper he is to you know to show well, up. You know, I think his first uh, his first radio job was at WJNC in Jacksonville. That's North right. Carolina. That's right. He was disc jockey there. Mm-hmm. And that uh, and you were talking about Charles Corral. Yep. He, he was born in Wilmington, and of course uh, his folks lived in a little town called Dixon, North Carolina, and right. up there near Snead's Ferry, right on Highway 17. And he had a radio that uh, that had uh, WPTF, the call letters on the dial. You know, they used to do that, and he, he had one. It's so funny. Um, in his book, in the actual introduction in his book, he says that when he was born, um, his folks packed up and, and drove to Wilmington from Dixon right down Highway 17 to Wilmington, and he was born in Wilmington. And he says in an intro of his book that, that that was the first time that he, very first time that he was on the road. <laughs> oh, oh, that's uh, funny. He was clever. He was clever. What a nice, what a nice man. Uh, what a brilliant, anyway, brilliant everybody man. Everybody in Nashville says, "Hey, now, hey, to everybody yeah. in Nashville, and Rocky Mount." <laughs> Take it easy, Lewis. Happy 100. Uh, Thank you, buddy. Bye. I feel like it. Uh, So, yeah, that's my my buddy. His his daddy was, uh, when I was a little boy, his daddy was the minister at Nashville Methodist Church. And uh, Lewis Musser, uh, uh, Mr. Musser was Reverend Musser, his daddy. So, yeah, that's a great man. 
919-860-9783. Talking about a great man, we've we've got a colonel, a lieutenant colonel, and now we have Major Dave, also an Army major, retired. Hey, Major Dave. Good morning, sir. Yes, sir. Boy, I'll bet it's cold in the mountains. It is, and it's all white up here, too. We <laughs> about four inches uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then another inch two yesterday. Wow, and then the Virginia mountains, no less. Yes. The Raleigh native, uh, yeah, I was a Mustang. I was eight years enlisted before I got smart and went to OCS. <laughs> <laughs> well... Mart, though, what you didn't? No, what, what I, I, your, uh, well, I started in the in the in the Army Reserves um, right out of high school, and then went to college, and and then went in through the ROTC program, and then active duty. Oh, okay, yeah. So that was my route. He's a big boy, too, Major. I, I bet he is. <laughs> well, I, I'm I'm calling to comment on two things you talked about on the show. I'd like to recommend that gentleman that was looking for a head. Yep. That wouldn't go too high. I had great success using euonymus shrubbery. Um, I found one is very easy to root. I cut off a clipping, put a little root tone, put it in some pot and soil, some water, and before you knew it, I had another shrub bush. But uh, many may remember Dave Stewart, the old Kirby man down on South Street. Uh-huh. And he had some around his swimming pool. And I got some clippings when we lived in Youngsville, and I did probably 30 plants across the front of the house. And in two years, they had grown to about two feet high. But the one I planted back by the gate and the fence by the house was over six foot tall at that point. So are you yeah. talking about Ligustrum? No, Euonymus. Okay. Oh, yeah. That, it's, a, it's a beautiful green plant. It is. And, and it's a nice thick head, so you get the visual privacy as well as the wind breaks. But that, the reason that one grew so much taller was I realized I had a leak in my downspout in my gutter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, that'll well, do it. But you you talk about having to, to do some major pruning and so forth. I, I would be kind of hesitant to use a euonymus uh, just because it takes so much maintenance. After after you get it to six feet, it's going to continue to to grow. Fair point because they're about mine were probably four in, four feet in diameter. Um, it, it grew to a very lush round size. And I, I didn't have to trim it a whole lot, but um, but you're you're right about the maintenance. It's part. it's hard to find anything that Joe would would want probably because he wants something that's real low maintenance. And but it, and, but it is you want to assist evergreen. Yeah. So it yeah, would certainly, certainly stay green. It's pretty hardy. Um, what are those? Uh, I'm trying to think. Winter winterberry. Uh, isn't that that's uh, evergreen? Isn't it? It's just it's deciduous, isn't it? Yeah, it has the, the, the red berries the winter time. Yeah, it's deciduous. No, no, that's, not, that's not what I'm thinking. Um, I know what you're thinking about. We've got one sitting at the nursery right now. Yeah, I can't remember what it's called. Um, well, yeah. While, you, while y'all are thinking, <laughs> hey, I, I, I want to ask the major. Yeah. While he's thinking about how many tomato plants he's going to put out this year, I'm going to shoot for a hundred. If I do a couple of flats. 24, that'll give me 108 plants. So that's uh, 50 for you and 50 for the deer? <laughs> I'm, hope, I'm hoping 50 for the food bank. And you're, and you're going to grow them in pots, in the buckets again? Oh, no. no. I, well, I'll grow the Romas uh, because the VR is made for container growing. And that's what my wife makes her spaghetti sauce with. And I keep those buckets mm, close to Boy, the that sounds good. Yeah, it does. Uh. The animals are less likely. 
Yeah. But I, I want to tell you, too, I, when you were talking about North Carolina apples, when I was stationed up at the Pentagon, I had occasion one weekend to go up to New Jersey to visit an orchard. And when we got ready to check out, I was standing there in the little <clears> store, <throat> and on the shelf, all these jars of apple butter. And, I, oh, man, I haven't had apple butter since I was a child. So I grabbed the jar, and I looked at it, and right there on the label, made in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yum. So I bought two jars. Good for you. Yeah, that's good stuff there, Major. Thank you. Guys, I sure enjoy this show. It's a great reconnect to you every weekend. Well, I'm we enjoy your calls. Well, we Major, should. I remember when I grew up, we had a little town outside of Boone called Cove Creek. Well, people would gather at Cove Creek, and they had a cannery there in the high school. Yeah. And they right. would can a- apples and make applesauce. Did your mother make apple butter? Absolutely. Apple apple butter, applesauce. Mm. Oh man, beautiful, <coughs> wonderful stuff. Yeah, apple butter it's might be good on one. Apple butter might be good on one of those cathead biscuits at the oh, farmers yeah. market, yeah, major. Yeah, it would. Well, yep. I I ate at that restaurant one time and made the mistake of ordering two country ham biscuits. <laughs> oh. And you're still chewing on them. <laughs> yeah, that that's a lot of biscuit, a lot yeah. of ham. Mm. I was eating biscuit for two or three days. That's <laughs> good I stuff. Oh gosh, I, we gotta stop talking about it. it. Yeah, exactly. Well, guys, great catching up with you. And uh, uh, as we get closer to gardens, well, yeah, let me ask a quick question about mulching. Yeah. I've got a, a stand of mulch that's been there probably about two years, and I want to go down and put it in and turn it under. But if I turn it under, do I need to let it sit even longer before planting on top of it? Well, let, let, just a quick it? question is, is, the, is it decomposed all the way so that it's it's more organic matter like compost? Or does it have a lot of wood chips still in it? Um, on on the top, yeah, still wood chips. But down underneath, if I dig down into it, I can get to the stuff that's already broken down. Okay, well, if you have any wood chips at all, what's going to happen as you turn it in, um, it will rob the soil of nitrogen right. So as it decomposes. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's the only downfall to, to turning it in, but... By all means, use it. I mean, you could actually use it as a as a, a, a mulch on top, um, and you don't have to worry about it. You you know, just right. use, mulch on top and then uh, leave it for you know, plant through it, and then um, you know, after it's completely decomposed, and you can turn it in. Uh, that sounds like a plant. That sounds like should should I turn the pile now? Maybe and wait till next year. To well, absolutely. You certainly could turn the pile now, and and it will increase the uh, the decomposition. It will compost it more. Uh, you add air to it, and um, by adding by turning it, you're adding air to it and allowing moisture to to re. I don't know what do you call it. Uh, mixes basically. You're mixing that um, and and doing more making more compost. Well, apparently there's a fair amount of heat in that pile because that's the only place in my yard that doesn't have snow. Yeah, well, that's yeah, it's it's yeah, it's still it's still in the composting business. If it's if it's warm, that's it's still decompose decom. It's composting is basically what's happening. Well, we were blessed with that because there was a, a I guess power line crews coming through cutting uh, clearing the lines with a chipper shredder, and I walked up to the truck driver. I said, "If you need to dump that shredded stuff I, right there in my yard." I came back for two straight weeks up and load after load. That's fantastic. Right. Absolutely fantastic. And I'll tell you, it really, really makes a big difference in the soil. Whenever you get it uh, decomposed, uh, composted, it will make a 
big difference in your your how well your vegetables and any, everything that you plant in it uh, grow when you turn it in. Adding that organic matter will certainly make a big difference. Now, once I've turned it under, should I do another soil test? Um, yes, I, I would suggest that. You probably won't need any nutrients, but you may have to adjust your pH. <clears throat> exactly. Thank, thank you, guys. Great thank you, Major. Thank you. Yes, sir. I'm saluting you right now, sir. I'll tell you what, I, I just absolutely love wood chips, and I need a, need another big load at my house, but, but my wife won't have it. <laughs> oh. Especially uh, not in the front yard. In the driveway. <laughs> oh. Yeah, um, so Mart, I heard that you love playing with fire. So how, how about letting us know about that? I certainly will. <laughs> it's, not, it's not just broadcasters. It's, uh, Do what? Well, people people accuse me of being an arsonist because I... I <laughs> you sure have talked about it a lot off the air here. No, I uh, we, we recently in, in Orange County uh, started a prescribed burn association. It's called the Triangle... A prescribed burn association and it's where landowners come together and help each other burn their pro- burn their land and the intent behind it is to reduce the uh, uh, reduce the fuel loads in the the forest so that um, if you do have a fire and North Carolina was number three in the the country in 1920 uh, in 2022 um, Wow. Where California and Texas were the, the states that outbeat us for wildfires. And so by reducing the fuel loads in the forest, um, it increases, uh, you know, ha- habitat for animals. It, remo- it removes invasive species of plants. It uh, opens up the understory and it opens up a seedbed. Certain trees need fire to propagate, such as the longleaf pine. And so we've established a prescribed burn association. It's a five-county area. Orange, Alamance, Durham, Person, and Chatham counties. Um, and if, if you're interested in maybe joining our organization, if you go to the Orange County <coughs> website, on the left side in that red banner, uh, go down to the, the Triangle Prescribed Burn Association to fig- and just sign up and uh, we'll get on our mailing list. And then when we have a burn or we have education, we've got a chainsaw class coming up on February 1st. So we can teach people how to to remove trees that are they're called snags. A snag is a tree that's broken, um, and it's in the burn unit. So you don't want to have a snag where you've got a ladder fire where the fire climbs up that tree and catches on fire. Uh, so you don't want you know it's a controlled burn. Basically, it's uh, if you go to the doctor and get a prescription, it tells you who it's for, when it's for, what the conditions, when you use it, what you use it for. Um, and that's what a prescribed burn is all about is we, uh, we, you know, we're certified, bur- you know, I'm a certified burner and, and basically um, I write a prescription. You're certified, all right. I write a prescription. It's called a burn plan. And so we get a, a burn permit from the, the forestry service and we mm-hmm. notify everybody that, that hey, we're going to be burning. We tell all the neighbors, hey, we're going to be burning this property. Uh, where we're working right now is called Common Grounds uh, Eco Village uh, in uh, Mebane, and we, there are 24 different adjoining properties. So we let every one of those landowners know that we're planning to burn, and we gave them information to how to contact us so that we can notify them 
the the day of the burn that we're going to be burning so that they won't panic and think the woods woods are on fire. Yeah, we notify yeah. the fire department and the police and the nine one one and everybody in the area so that then if they get a call in and we put signs on the road <coughs> and we've got them. And there's areas called smoke-sensitive areas, so the, the conditions have to be right. So we identify those smoke-sensitive areas uh, before we burn. And so that's kind of... Is, is there a certain time of year that's better for it, right now, burns? Yes, right now is the, is the peak time. Um, mm. January, February, March are kind of the peak times. Uh, but you can burn year-round. Uh, in the summer when the humidity is low uh, and the heat is high is... is uh, the time when you you don't really want to yeah, burn, right? So um, so now's the time to do it. While right after it's rained and it's it's dry enough to catch the catch the the fine fuels on fire and and you burn us you know you burn it slowly. And so we're we've got four different burn units there that we're planning to burn, and each one of them between ten to fifteen acres a piece, and we'll burn one at a time until we get get. The forest burned. Do you have a fire department or somebody? We have we near, we have the forestry or? service. Normally, they come out to the okay. burn and yeah. support us, and then we call we let the fire department know that if it were to get out, you know. Um, but we also want to partner with the volunteer fire departments, and certain yeah. certain ones will partner with us and and come out and be on site. Great, just so I mean, they can watch the fire. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and we it's can, a wonderful idea. Yeah, ask them to help us. They they create what's called a wet line. So they'll spray the edge of the the, for, the forest down before, uh-huh. and so that it won't burn, you know, right away when we light it. Yeah. Um, so that's that's always good. Good partner. Yeah. In other words, now if you want to burn your house down for insurance purposes, don't call <laughs> Mark. Don't, don't call Mark. He's, yeah. It's not. Uh, that's not what yeah. he's talking about. No. We did not mention, <clears throat> mention yeah, yeah, that. We, yeah. Uh, we don't burn prop. We don't yeah. burn that kind of property. Yeah. Okay. By the way, I heard that it's pr- somewhere pretty close to Whip Junior's birthday. Our is it? Yeah. Our, well, happy birthday, yeah, shall we the, say? Whip Jr., yes. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Whip Jr. Happy birthday to you. Sort of That's all right. We, pretty good. We'll yeah. practice a little bit. <laughs> so uh, what else is happening oh, in, I just, in the just extension service? Just a quick service? shout out for everybody who's made donations mm-hmm. to our demonstration gardens out there. We are coming along. Um, we're in the process of, of getting a label maker this week uh, to, to label our plants. We've, we've figured it out. We finally f- have decided on uh, the signs we're going ma- to make that we can afford. And we're starting to label our plants hopefully by next week. So um, a, lot of, a lot of donations coming in, uh, in kind and um, monetary. And we really appreciate those that have donated. Uh, either how do we uh, how do we donate? Um, that's a good question. If you go to our website, um, there if you just scroll down to Bonnie B Davis uh, on the bottom of our website, there's a there's an information fact sheet there how to do that. Um, you can click on the link and it tells you how to go. You can either donate money online. You can write a check and mail us a check. We'll, we'll take your money if you've got equipment or something that you think we may be able to use for irrigation or whatever. Uh, you can contact us, and we will certainly come and pick it up. Um, but we really appreciate everything that people have done. Um, it's it's absolutely going to be amazing when we get it uh, when we finally when we get done. But we will never be done. <laughs> but um, a matter of fact, we're actually going to be working more uh, from with vegetable gardens as well. We have uh, edible 
vegetables that, that we're raising there at the office, but we also have another site that we recently have um, been put in charge of to, to be able to grow uh, vegetables and, and plants. So we'll be using that area for, for growing plants for our plant sale for the fall. So, That's fabulous. Yeah, wow. really, really doing well. <clears throat> it's great, Phil. Uh, you, you, one of your friends, suggested had a suggestion or several suggestions yes. for uh, Joe and and his his plight for yes, and Gail, eight feet, <clears throat> eight feet works, plants. Yeah, she she works actually <clears throat> with us at the nursery, and she also has her business. Um, she sent a list, and she said some of these will uh, might grow a little bit larger, but most of them will stay uh, eight feet or less. Uh, viburnum, shades of pink, ligustrum sunshine, which is a great plant. That's the one that, that's that ligustrum that's like really bright yellow. And mm. I've got that and it is doing well. Yeah. Uh, Arborvitae sunkissed, uh, magnolia, the banana shrub that we talked about, inspiration. Um, and then the uh, podocarpus, um, loripetulum, dark tower. Azalea, George Tabor, and I had not thought of George Tabor Azalea, but that is a great old-fashioned azalea Okay, uh, that grows great. And then Distillium, Athens Tower, Emerald Heights, or Linebacker. Wonderful. So, so you can you can share this with, with Joe him. when he calls you. I will, and we will see if there are any, or any other things he wants. But that's great. I appreciate that, oh, Gail. I forgot about those that sunshine arborvitae. Holy <coughs> moly! When the temperature gets cold, it turns a bright yellow. Oh, the sunshine ligustrum yes. and the arborvitae. And the arborvitae yeah. is what I'm thinking of because oh my gosh, I forgot all about that. Right. What right. a beautiful winter one. interest plant, Rufus. I, I love the uh, nurseries in the mountains. And they have the, the the yellows and the and the the blues and the green, different shades of greens. You look there; it looks so different from nurseries down here. Uh, all of those those evergreens and conifers and, and oh, you see a lot more evergreens and, up there because that's what grows best. Yeah, in just, the mountains. I just just love the the contrast of all the uh, the yeah. shades and colors. That's kind of kind of reminds me of Ireland, the, the forty shades of green. Right. So I mean, that's the way the mountains are with the in the nursery. Very much so. Right. Yeah. So uh, what are y'all going to do today? Y'all going? I'm going to go water some pansies. We've got a new crop of pansies, and we'll wonderful. Have, yes, and we'll have those ready on Monday. Hunker so. down and stay warm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, believe it or not, I'm going to finish pruning my last knockout rose, and Phil, I'm going down to at least. A foot off the ground. I'm I'm cutting those babies way back. That's a good idea. The man still has knockout roses. Yeah, and I had only one incident of Rosetta, and got took it I think somewhere over in Ash County, <laughs> about far west. So I went through it in a dump. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh no! That was a nice day trip. <laughs> and so I think I can stand about thirty minutes out there, and and a, a good uh, you got to use gloves, folks, when you when you. Prune roses. If you like me, oh, you got good blood graces, thinner. You, yeah. you bleed. A, a good thing are those gloves that you can get uh, for fireplace handling. Logs yeah. and things mm-hmm. that come way up on your yeah. your forearm. Right. And you might yeah. have to put your finger back in the clippers a couple times, but yeah. Yeah. but I use those. And I I'm, think uh, pigskin and goat pigskin works no, these best are, for these me. These are pigskin, yeah. yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know where you find them, though? You, won't, you, won't, you go to Lowe's or Home Depot. You go to the welding section. 
That's where you'll find the long cuff glove. Oh, great oh, idea. What a wonderful idea. Great yes. idea. Yeah, you use that in fire, too. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to get you some counseling, uh, <laughs> Colonel. I, I, uh, yeah. well, well, at least let's do the Cliff Joyner thing of the day. Well, uh, Problems are not stop signs. They are guidelines. Guidelines. Yeah. Cliff, you're a wonder. You yeah. sure are. Mm-hmm. Well, all of you are. We love you all. Love our listeners, and thank you very much. You for, and Melissa uh, be safe. Yeah, yeah. We're going going on. Have a, a great bit. time. The one time we shall be we the shall. person your dog thinks you are. Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back uh, on next next Saturday. Absolutely.